Welcome to the premiere of Brisky Business. I gotta tell you, this is an unusual time to start a show. I'm wondering if it should be Brisky Business or Risky Business right now. Crazy time to start or even be living in these times. Are you under stay-at-home order? Are you under furlough? Are you having any struggles with the virus? Are you well? These questions are inciting a lot of fear in a lot of people's hearts. I do love the quote, you know, you can't help but watch the news these days and you see this Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci and they said at a granular level of the DNA in our cells, we are all very, very similar and have a whole lot more in common than we have differences. Sometimes we can forget this and focus on what drives us apart and it's times like this, I'm looking for ways to bring us together and for me, that connection for me right now, it's going to be Brisky Business on NTV USA. So let's get started. And when I start things off, I like to take a breath. So take a breath with me and you know what? Enjoy a cup of your favorite coffee. That is a great way to connect. So the Brisky Business Show, it's going to appear every Wednesday. It's going to be unique and exhilarating, and we're going to learn how to integrate business with this thing that we call life. The goal of the platform is to help our viewership accelerate the process and learn how to be better business people. We're going to have uh, lessons that will help you avoid the common traps. And I wish when I was a young man, I had someone to help me avoid all of those mistakes I made as a young entrepreneur, especially when I first came out of school. You see, I started my first business when I was 26 years old. I graduated from Fordham University. I really had things going. I thought I had the world at my hand. And three years after getting a few jobs, I decided it was time for me to be an entrepreneur. I've taken three companies public, one on the Hong Kong. I've taken two public here, and I brought one up on the NASDAQ. And I did all that without the use of an investment banker. Some people would probably say, that's a little crazy. But I'm a risk taker. But I calculate risks. And that's what I want to help you do with this show. I want to help you take risk, but I want them to be calculated. I want to help you avoid those mistakes. I tell you about my background not to impress you. I'm really not trying to do that. I want to talk about wisdom. You hear about business wisdom. For me, that wisdom came from making mistakes. I strongly believe that's where wisdom is born. If you screw up, you have a chance for wisdom. And I made an awful lot of mistakes in my business career. And fortunately, those mistakes, if you can overcome them, they become wisdom. And I want to help you have that wisdom and maybe take some shortcuts to make you a better entrepreneur, to make you a better business person. Now, I believe it's not the mistakes that develop the wisdom. It's overcoming the mistakes. That's what we have to do. That is the key. So we're all going to make mistakes. It's overcoming them that makes you a better businessman. So in this show that we're about to launch, we're never going to be perfect. But we're going to cover on four basic segments on each show. And I use a nickname 
because I believe relationships are very important to name each program. And as I grew up and as I uh, was young, right from elementary school, all of a sudden, even though my name is Dave Brisky, people started calling me Brisk. And by the time I got to high school, I was known as Brisk. And you know what? It followed my brothers around too. I had an older brother named Dan in high school. And so when I got to high school, he was brisk, and of course I was a little brisk. And my younger brother was also brisk. So what better way to build a relationship to you than to use my nickname for the segments? Because that's what my friends call me. And I wanna build that friendship with my audience. I wanna build that friendship with you. So I want this experience to be much less formal. I've pulled off the tie, we're gonna have some coffee together, and we're gonna get down to the basics of business, and we're gonna learn some stuff together, and we're gonna have some fun along the way. I happen to be the president and CFO of a company called Longevity International. We're a NASDAQ company, and we trade on YGYI. And many people hear that I'm the CFO, and they think that stands for Chief Financial Officer, and in its most stoic sense it does, but I prefer to think of it as chief fun officer. Business can be fun. It's fun to be successful, but you need to have fun along the way as well and through those mistakes and errors. So what are the four segments of Brisky Business going to be? We're going to do Brisk's Business Basics, and that's going to be starting off in business. We're again going to do Brisk's Buyer Bail, and this is going to be how to evaluate a business opportunity. And then we're going to do brisks, bulls, and bears. And this is going to be all about the public markets. Many, many people have fear of the public markets. And I'm going to teach you about the public markets, how to navigate them, what to avoid, where the opportunities might be if you're interested in the public markets. And then we're going to do brisks, best, and brightest. And that's going to be all about mentorship, really wanting to build a young audience. I'm really wanting to talk to those folks that are just getting out of school. I believe I can help mentor you and I can help you how to get mentored in your career. And if you follow some of these principles, you're going to have a really, really joyful and successful career. And there's no reason why you can't have both. So if you have any questions week to week or you want to ask me some things, I've created an email. So you may have segments of the program or things you want to learn. And so if you'll write me at briskybusiness at ntvusa.com about things you might want to hear, things you're curious about, I'll help frame the program about what you're interested in. And I think that will make for a more interesting program and a more exciting program and one that will connect us all more together. So we're going to start with the first one, Brisk's Business Basics. This is going to be a key piece. So what are we going to start with Brisk's Business Basics? For me, this is about gaining that initial experience. Here you are, let's say a college student, and you're coming out of school. A lot of college kids come right out of school and they think they want to be their own boss. Not sure this is a great idea coming out of school. This is the spot where you go get your experience. Experience is absolutely critical here. But what's more critical is that you understand what you're passionate about. If you want to be successful at anything in life, you better figure out what passion is. You better figure out where your heart is. If you can tackle that, you're never going to work a day in your life. I used to say this to my children. Find something you love to do and figure out how to make money doing it. 
If you can do that, you'll never work a day in your life. So that's the second piece in Brisk's business basics. We want you to go get experience at some company. I want you to have passion about what you're doing and get started with that company. And then you're going to start to career track in that company. The most important thing you can do, besides working your butt off and getting started, is to start to gain that experience. You already are gonna know you wanna be an entrepreneur. I did, I knew right away that I wanted to start businesses and grow businesses. Fortunately, I started down a career path and got some necessary training in sales and marketing and learned about finance before I ventured off on my own. And I encourage you to do that. But let's say you're ready. Maybe those three years have gone by or maybe you're just an early adopter and you're just ready to go. The first thing you have to do is understand that if you're gonna go in business for yourself, you're gonna be working 24 seven. The biggest myth and the most common mistake of the young entrepreneur is that they're now gonna work their own hours. Yes, that is true. Your own hours happen to be 24 hours a day seven days a week, 365. If you're gonna be successful in business at the very start, that's what it's gonna take. So once you have that mindset, once you know that you can work that hard, you gotta start with the business plan. And this is all through life in every project. I have a tidbit for you. If you can't write it down, it can't be done. I meet young entrepreneurs, I meet people bringing me their business ideas, I meet people bringing me product ideas. And what they're always saying to me is this is the coolest thing, this is the greatest idea. And I say, sounds great, can you write it down? Can you write down your idea? Can you tell me why it's important? That's what I wanna know. Can you do that? And if they can't write down that plan, their chance of success is pretty much zero. So once you do your business plan, now you get started. This is the key piece. Now we're ready to work 24 seven. We have a plan that we know is gonna work. We've written it down and we start moving on down the road. And hopefully by this point, you've figured out how you're gonna finance your business. Wow, that is a pitfall for anyone that's ever gotten started in business is starting out with not enough capital. And I can guarantee you, those would experience watching this show, if I said a show of hands, have you ever underestimated the amount of capital? It would be something like this. And I was one of those. I like to say whatever capital you think you need to start a business, you need three times more. Whatever you think, whatever your business plan said, Whatever you wrote down, you're going to need three times more capital because our business plan never accounts for the mistakes. It never accounts for that wisdom that we're ultimately going to learn. And so that is such a key piece. But where do you get capital as an early business person? Where do you get capital as a young entrepreneur? And frankly, it's friends and family. That's where most people get their early startup capital. And your friends and family, they're generous at the beginning, but they're hard to go back to. And that's why you have to plan to have the right capital. And that will take you 
to the next level. The most important lesson you can make in your early business career is the ability to pivot. And we are going to talk a lot about pivoting on today's show. And what do I mean by that? You start down a road, something unforeseen happens, and you have to change direction. We had to do that this week. In our coffee division, well, actually three weeks ago, in our coffee division, one of our largest set of customers is the cruise line business. It is a huge swath of our business, Carnival and Norwegian and companies like that. It's a big piece of our business. And unless you're sleeping out under a rock, you probably know that cruises aren't sailing right now. So what could we do? Fortunately, in our business model, when we built it, it was multidimensional in terms of revenue. We not only had a cruise line business, but we had a retail business. And we not only had a retail business, but we had a white label manufacturing business. And we also sold our own brands to market. So even though the cruise line business is not delivering for us right now, where is everybody? Where are you drinking your coffee right now? You're probably drinking it at home. And fortunately, since that's part of our model, we were able to pivot in our retail business at home in these trying times are up four or 500%. And because of those decisions we made to be versatile, our business is okay. We're gonna be able to get through it. And so when you build your business model, be ready to pivot, be ready to make those moves. So this segment of the program, staying with my nickname Brisk, is gonna be Brisk Buys or Bail. Brisk Buy or Bail. So what is this gonna be about, buy or bail? So buy means we're gonna move forward, and bail means we're gonna walk away. And these are the types of decisions that are made in business every single day. If we're good at what we do, we're doing a proper analysis and we're making a decision. Buy or bail can be the decision you might be making right now on investing in a company, maybe buying their public stock. You're gonna buy, or if you own it already and you don't like the way it's going, are you gonna bail, or are you never gonna buy in the first place? So buy or bail. But it's so much broader than just the stock market. Let's talk about a business deal, some opportunity. Opportunities come to you all the time in business. Are you gonna go forward with that opportunity or are you gonna bail on that opportunity? All right, this is the key. So other pieces, a merger perhaps. Is it the right fit? So this topic is gonna to be all about brisk buys or bail. So where does it start? Well, you have to evaluate the opportunity. That's the premise of it. How are we gonna evaluate that opportunity? And what are the steps we're gonna do? My formula has been the same formula for many, many years. I always start off with any opportunity, whether it be the purchase of a stock, whether it be the purchase of a, another company, whether it be a merger, an acquisition, or just a business proposition where someone is trying to sell me a large piece of equipment, perhaps. I always go to what I call the Ben Franklin. So Ben Franklin essentially is a very, very simple chart. You put a T, you put pros, and you put cons. And you exhaust your brain with every single pro you can think of, right down that chart. And then you exhaust your brain with every single con you could think of. And then find some people you trust, tell them what the idea is, and have them do the same thing. At the end of the day, you're gonna have your initial scorecard on whether to buy or bail. If you've got a list 
of cons that's three times as long as your pros, I don't think you really need to go to the next step. That's bail. But if your list of pros really outnumbers your cons, now we've got something to really, really think of. So starting off with the Ben Franklin is a key piece. But you have to make a full assessment. You have to make a full assessment. So we need to know what it's going to cost. We need to know if we can raise the capital. We need to understand the cost of money. And then we need to know if there's a return on that investment. That's what Brisk's buy and bail or bail is all about. Once you get to the point where you think you want to move forward, then you need to do what they call a SWOT analysis. You probably learned this in school or you probably have done it in your business already. So SWOT is just an acronym, right? An acronym, S-W-O-T, SWOT. It's strengths. What are the strengths of this opportunity? W, what are the weaknesses? What are the opportunities? And then what are the threats? So many people, they get in the business and they don't think that there's competition out there. There is, and they're always gunning for you. You need to know what those threats are, and you need to try to anticipate them in advance. And if you do that, you're going to have a better chance, a better chance of knowing whether to buy or bail on an opportunity. That will be key. Then you make a verdict. You're either going to move forward or you're going to bail. Now, the thing about buy or bail is you always can make a decision midway. That's why I called it buy or bail. You could start down a project, and if you're moving down a project and it's not working out as you anticipated, go back, reassess, look at your strengths, look at your weaknesses, uh, look at your opportunities, look at your threats, go back to your Ben Franklin, and if that stuff isn't working the way you thought it would, it's time to bail. And yes, bailing mid-project can sometimes be a better decision than going all the way through. So I told you we were going to talk a lot about pivots. So let's put buy or bail into real corporate scenario. So one of the divisions of our company is a company called Chrysos Industries. Chrysos Industries is predominantly in the hemp business, fully vertical. And we'll talk about vertical on another show. But it's a fully vertical hemp operation. So with this whole situation going on out in the world today and seeing people really struggling uh, with, with uh, things like hand sanitizer and toilet paper, for goodness sakes, all of these shortages, you know, we took a look at hand sanitizer and we really have a heart for our healthcare workers and we're like, geez, could we, could we deliver hand sanitizer even though that wasn't our core competency uh, as a business when we first started? That Creating hand sanitizer in that division of our company is not in the original business plan. But what do you do when you're evaluating an opportunity? What are we doing at Crisis that might be compatible? Do we have core competencies that would allow, allow us to enter the hand sanitizer business in a quick way and produce a quality product? That was the... Uh, the SWOT analysis we had to face. That was the Ben Franklin we had to put together. And so what core competence did we have being in the extraction system, being in the extraction business? We have access to ethanol. That's part of what we do. So we have really good sourcing for ethanol. And what is one of the main ingredients in hand sanitizer? Ethanol. So that would be one of the number one things. If you don't have a source for ethanol, uh, bail. That would be a bail, but we did. So then the next thing is packaging. Well, we have a full bottling line. Ah, 
That might be important just because we have ethanol and can buy the other ingredients. Could we then package it? Could we take the ethanol and put it in a delivery system that was needed out in the marketplace? And of course, we had a bottling line. So we checked that box. What were some of the weaknesses? We didn't really have a line of ethanol or, or hand sanitizer products. We weren't known for hand sanitizer, right? We didn't have a market built in for hand sanitizer. But once again, Strake's weaknesses, although that's a weakness, was it a model or a market that we could enter? And we felt that the demand was so great that it still made sense, although we didn't have a customer base, that we could jump into that business. And so that's exactly what we did. And so we launched into the hand sanitizer business. It was amazing. First of all, I always say, if you're gonna be in business, you also should do things that are socially right. You should also be able to answer a time of need. I mean, I'm watching the nurses and the doctors on the front line that are under-equipped. And how, how passionate would we be if we could deliver hand sanitizer and help protect people in, a, in what is going on right now in a very, very difficult time? How passionate could, could you be to participate in a product that people desperately needed? And it didn't take a rocket scientist to go down through a retail shelf and see the shelves were empty of hand sanitizer. And so the demand was there. So we entered the business. We know a fair amount about approvals. We're going for GMP certification already. We know a little bit about getting FDA approval, and so we did it right and obtained an FDA approval for hand sanitizer. And here within our hemp operation now, we were able to take advantage of an opportunity that presented itself. But more importantly, we're able to feel good as a company that we're producing something that's really needed, and we had the core competencies already in our hands to do it. I'm watching other companies. Obviously, we're public, so we made that announcement. And then I watched a number of other companies also launching into the hand sanitizer business. And I really scratched my head. Did they have the core competency? Would it really be a good decision? Could they really build a business about it, around it? We knew we could, and so we did. And we got the proper approvals from the FDA. And within one week of that approval, we started shipping hand sanitizer and you know what? Our staff, our people, our employees feel so much better because of it. They, we feel good about what we're doing and we're happy to be doing it. So the next program that I'm going to be talking about is Brisks, Bulls and Bears. That's gonna be next, Brisks, Bulls and Bears. And we're gonna talk about the public markets on Brisks, Bulls and Bears. And we might even talk a little bit about that hand sanitizer again and what pivoting is, right? We pivoted to hand sanitizer. What effect did it have on us as a public company?